In this episode, I speak with Lorna Hollinger, who is an international EFT trainer, master EFT practitioner, multi-award winning business owner and founder of the Australian Tapping Institute. She trains and supports people from across the globe to connect to their passion and create an abundant lifestyle and business. She has appeared in magazines and websites such as Good Health Magazine, SBS Online, the Sydney Morning Herald and the Sunday Life Lifestyle Magazine. Lorna is a regular on several Australian and international podcasts. She's a featured EFT practitioner in the Science Behind Tapping book and former host of The Tapping Circle, a live online event to a community of 80,000 plus followers. Lorna's numerous awards include the Women of Altitudes Climb Every Mountain Award, which she now sponsors annually, and the Linking Ladies Prestigious Women of Inspiration Award. Lorna holds Master Practitioner, Certification in EFT, Freedom Techniques, EFT Tapping, Diplomas in Life Coaching, Business and Business Management, and Practitioner Certification of Neuro-Linguistic Programming. Welcome to the Rare Conversations podcast. I'm Leonie Milano, and I chat with creative entrepreneurs and business owners around the world about what it takes to start, sustain, scale, and sell a business. We talk about real-life scenarios to help you understand the path before you, to inspire your journey. I transitioned from working in film, TV, and global events to working with creative entrepreneurs through mindset coaching and mentoring. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs embrace the journey, understand themselves better, accelerate their growth, and get the most out of life, making sure they have a hell of a lot of fun along the way. Hi, Lorna. It is so lovely to have you join me today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for being a guest on my podcast. I am really interested in your whole business, Tapping. For anybody that doesn't know about it, it's a little bit of a mystery. Can you please explain what is Tapping and its longer name, if you can explain that? Absolutely. So let me ask you a question, everyone. What is the first thing you do when you pick up a baby? We pop them up on our shoulder and we pat them or do we tap them? Tap. We tap our babies on the back because the human body knows that rhythmic tapping on those meridian points, which is the electrical circuitry of the body, calms the body down. So we all do it. We pick the so first thing, especially women. We've been doing it since we've been having babies. Pop the baby up, give it a pat. So it is. So EFT, tapping, emotional freedom techniques is the same thing. It is a technique where we activate the circuitry of the body, which are meridians, electrical circuitry, by tapping on the actual body. Same mm-hmm. acupressure, acupuncture points while engaging in some level of talk therapy. So the idea being the thoughts in our head trigger our emotions. The more of those thoughts that we can send messages back to the brain that that thought's actually not scary, it's actually safe, the less the fight or flight triggers in the human body, therefore a calmer experience. That's it in a nutshell. So the meridian points are where exactly? So there's a bunch of them all over the body. If you wanted to go Google, you'll find them everywhere. With tapping, we use eight specific ones and they start, there's the crown of the head, there's where your eyebrow hair starts, side of the eye, under the eye, under the nose, on the chin where the crease line is, on your collarbone, and then under your armpit. They're the basic ones that we use. They're, each meridian has a top and a bottom. 
but we obviously just use the ones on the top of the torso because it's easy to, to reach. So they're all based around your head. What about on your arms or anything like that? They are. So that if, as I said, if someone went to Google, you would see the circuitry has a starting point and an ending point. It may start at your, t- your feet, go around through your toes. It may come up your leg. It may then head in through your heart. There is another one that starts with the fingers and it comes up and circles the hand, goes through the shoulder, back down the back. So these meridian points, there's, there's sort of ones that run through the front of the body. They run through the back of the body. They do run all over the head all through the arms, upper torso, lower torso, even into the legs, because each one has a top and a bottom to it. You could go tap your ankles. It's just easier to tap your chin. Right. Of course, it's just the easiest part to get to, isn't it? If somebody is doing tapping, if they are feeling anxious and they want to calm themselves, how long should they do this process for? If you're activated in the moment, so someone's on that, You're at the office and somebody says something and you find yourself triggered. Now, triggered to me is that little in your energy circuitry. You know, someone says something, you find that little buzz, a little bit of a rush through the body. That's your fight or flight triggering. Something like that happens in your with other people. Excuse yourself a couple of minutes away and you could just do some tapping on just breathing and thinking about what's just happened. You wouldn't in that space go and do half an hour of tapping. You just wouldn't. It's too long. If you're Mm. sitting by yourself and doing tapping, I reckon five minutes, 10 at the absolute most, if you're just sitting tapping on your body. Now, if you're journaling, purposely doing some work, you're journaling a memory or a thought or an event, and then doing some tapping, and then doing some journaling, you could probably do maybe half an hour. Mm -hmm. You've got to remember this tapping is activating the the body's energy circuitry and that can get really tiring for the body. And you also mentioned the breathing and I think that is a really big part of bringing yourself to some kind of equilibrium. Correct. And that's where the tapping is really good. Yes, you're going to be breathing, but tapping on the body actually continues to send the messages back to the brain that this is actually okay because most of our stuff comes from lack of safety either from a trigger from our past or worried about something that's going to happen tomorrow based on something from the past. It's all about calming that energy circuitry of the body is the primary thing that we are after. And and lots of people when they're doing tapping go, oh, I don't know what words to use. I've seen it on YouTube and they use these fancy sentences. Don't overcomplicate it. You can literally just think of the exact thing that just happened and just tap on that. No words, no fancy sentences, just the emotion. I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling angry, I'm sad, I'm upset, whichever it is. It's such an interesting thing when you think of how hardwired we are with things that have happened in our life. It's so deeply ingrained into your body. How do people get out of that? Or more to the point, are they able to let go of that? Absolutely. Or is it always something that's going to be there? I believe we can get rid of them completely and what we actually get rid of is the fact that it keeps popping into your thought processes so everything you think so if you think every single day about the same event that auntie mary said to me three weeks ago and it really upset me in the brain there's neural pathways so neural pathways is what allows you to brush your teeth without thinking tie your shoes without thinking it's a neural pathway the the brain just goes on autopilot so every time you do that activity it becomes thicker stronger So if you're constantly thinking about what Aunt Mary said, 
you're going to have a very strong neural pathway. So you start to do tapping on what Aunt Mary said, um, how she upset me, and you take the intensity out of what she said. The thought will stop popping into your head. It will stop being an upsetting memory. The neural pathway will die away pretty rapidly even, and you won't be triggered by that thought of how upsetting that was. That's really interesting, isn't it? I was going to say, so when I first was introduced to tapping, to me it was, and lots of our listeners are going to think this is all woo-woo, absolute all woo-woo, and I was was one of those because I couldn't see how tapping on my body and having a thought was going to do anything. But it wasn't until I actually did it and actually experienced it and felt the body stuff that I was sold because it's pure, it's body wisdom, it's body work. It seems to be still a relatively new area, something like somatic energy healing. If you go into a room, you can feel people's energy. So it it is an actual thing. We have different levels of energy throughout the day within our body. You're right, tapping into the wisdom of our body. Correct. And most of us, particularly in the Western space, are so disconnected from our body. Life is very, very busy. We don't spend time with ourselves. We don't even see the value of spending time with ourselves to clear through the thoughts, the memories, the triggers, the whatever's got. Most people just bury them. Do you think that's why so many people had a lot of coping issues through COVID, the lockdowns? Absolutely, because we the world completely changed. We are so busy being busy that suddenly we were all locked in. And let's face it, we were locked in with ourselves, many of us. I had many friends who had lots of marital issues because they weren't used to being together all the time. She went off to work and he went off to work and they had all that time. Suddenly they were together. Lots of family problems and family issues and stuff with kids come up because, yeah, people suddenly have to stop. What happens when you stop being busy, the brain's got time to start bringing stuff up that maybe you should focus on and deal with. Absolutely. Can you tell me about your school that you have because you're now working with different students all around the world we are so I started the Australian Tapping Institute I also own the Tapping Institute it's a our program is very different from traditional EFT training I put my whole business online in 2018 so when COVID struck the world in 2020 we were already a dedicated platform a school that was already integrated, all our systems and processes were in there, we absolutely took off. It's been amazing growth from the beginning of COVID to now for us and our students. So we are very focused on, it's a 12-month program or up to 12 months, very comprehensive, and we focus on the growth of the practitioner, the would-be practitioner. I could teach EFT in a weekend, but I can't help those people grow into the person they need to or want to be to go and make the changes in the world that they want to have. So a lot of There's our a lot of work yeah, on themselves. Correct. We're very focused on that. We, we add mentors in there. We give them their own private coaches to help them. We know that the more they clear their own stuff, the more effective a practitioner they will be because they will be able to go deep with clients with their stuff because they're not afraid to. But if you get a practitioner that's not doing the work or comes out of a weekend course or only a couple of weeks, they haven't done that work. So there's this organic thing in the brain that literally stops them going deep on their stuff with clients because they ha- they haven't and won't go deep on their own stuff. Oh, that's very interesting. I think that's the case with everything. Yeah. 
that we all need to look at. We all have something from the past. We, all of us. And it's very interesting. Whatever has happened, it definitely carries into our lives, into our work, everywhere until it's dealt with. Absolutely. I I like to use an analogy of, um, I don't know if you remember, little recipe card boxes and you've got a card out and you wrote a recipe on it and you stuck it in a box. My mum used to have those. So did my mum. And I think of that as how the brain tags memories. So easy example, a a dog barked at you when you were a little one and it frightened you. And then when you were six, you were running down the road and a dog ran to you, you got frightened again. At 10, 12, something else with a dog. Now as an adult, you're afraid of dogs, but you don't Ah. know why. So if you go and untag all those memories from when a dog frightened you, when you see a dog today, there isn't the trigger in the body to go, oh, fear, because you've dealt with it. So you're right, it does. All the things that happen as as us as adults come from little childhood things. Public speaking is a perfect one. People will not get up and speak in front of people. Generally, that will have come from something at school. Did the teacher say something? Did somebody laugh? Did you... Say some, did someone else say something in the class and everyone laughed at them? Your unconscious brain's going, I'm not going there because that, that's scary. People are going to laugh at me or, or ridicule or something. A lot of people have these memories from school, don't they? Yes. So imagine doing some tapping on some of that stuff so that this fear of speaking in front of other people is completely gone and it can be completely gone. I think that's probably one of the biggest fears that adults have, public speaking. And I also just see a lot of people hold themselves back all the time. If they knew that they could get past it, it would completely change their life. But they don't know. It's a bit like you saying, oh, I used to think this was all woo-woo stuff until I actually tried it. And it's like with everything. You can learn about driving a car. But the difference between reading about it and actually getting behind the wheel for the first time, you can't just get into a car and just start driving it because you've read an entire manual. You don't have the experience. You literally don't have the experience of it. And and that's the tapping stuff. It's the physical, actual experiencing it with your own hands on your own stuff that's not a YouTube video about something generic. It's you sitting down with your fear and your thing and actually tapping on that will get the shift for you. So if people tell me tapping doesn't work, I know that means they've been on the YouTube videos because if I'm in a session with a, with a client, I'm talking to them about their fears and their triggers and what actually happened to them. I'm not talking to them about something that's global and, and meant to um, you know, connect with the masses. It's about them and that's the difference. And no one else knows their own triggers more than themselves. Correct. And look, I find it such an honour to be a practitioner because I know the clients that come to me will tell me things about their personal, private, deepest, darkest secrets that they don't share with anybody. And sometimes they haven't even told their partners. So it's such an honourable space to hear somebody's deep, intimate story and know that I can help them overcome whatever's blocking that or whatever it's turned into in their adult life that is the block that's from all that stuff. And I also think that there's a lot of people that are in that same situation where they don't feel that they can speak to people that are closest to them. We tend to keep very, very private things very, very private. 
Correct. Yeah. They, there's a they, because there's a fear attached to it. You know, our biggest fears as humans is not belonging, not being loved, and not being cared for type stuff. So if we just the rejection. Yeah, and if we disclose that, I mean, being kicked out of the tribe is such a is such an ingrained fear in humans, despite us not living in tribes anymore. That is still an ingrained fear. If if I don't belong, what will happen to me? And that runs so much of our um our automatic responses to things. It's definitely embedded in our DNA. That's probably not going anywhere. We are meant to share. We're meant to be a part of a big community. So we, yeah, we definitely have that disconnect. What are some of the... The the trick is to find a community where you feel safe. Yes, exactly. That's the trick, I think. Find, Find yourself a community, a group or whatever that you feel safe to be able to do so. And people that understand you, which is usually people who have been through the same, similar kind of experiences to you. Quite often, yes. What are some of the reasons why people would come to you for tapping? Some of the things people would come to me. So let me tell you some of my success stories over the years. So my big brother is a bit competitive with his golf, and it's not uncommon that he and I will talk on his way to golf, and we'll just I get him to do tapping in the car because he likes to win. And it may just be a dialogue in his head that just happens to be going on about how bad it's going to, and just doing tapping with him, he wins his golf tournaments. Doesn't tell his friends, he does it in the car. Um, Agrophobic <laughs> mum, I had a daddy, he doesn't like to get tell the boys. So um, funny. I know he is, he's very funny. So an agrophobic mum I worked with, she hadn't been out of the house for three months. Had a little toddler running around and we worked with tapping with her, never talked about agrophobia once. I walked her through her other fears and the other stuff, it turned out that she hated her in-laws, so she didn't want to leave the house, and this turned into this whole I'm not leaving the house. Avoidant thing. Total avoidance. If I if I don't leave the house, he can't make me go and visit his parents. They were very judging and all the rest of it. Uh, 45 minutes, I had her out on the footpath of her home on the phone while we were doing tapping. And that process is like pick your keys up. Do you have a do you have a reaction in your body? Yeah, I feel tense picking up my teeth. So let's do some tapping on that. Great. Can you walk towards the, the door? Okay, now I've got an intensity when my hand's on the handle. So we did some tapping on that. What happens when you open the door? Oh, I feel an intense. So we just did tap each little step we took. We, we knocked out what the fear was heading towards that door rather than trying to tap on something very big. We broke it down into little steps. So by the time she was out the front, all the little fear she had along the way, we knocked out. So that's been one of them. Um, one of some of my favorite stuff. I love playing with cravings. Tapping is excellent for food cravings. Yeah, you want to get off chocolate. You must. You must have alcohol. a lot of pregnant women. <laughs> <laughs> All those things. That's it's, it's one of my funnest things to do is to play with cravings with people um, to get them over. Like you, you no longer want to pick up that bag of crisps or oh no, I really don't want to have that glass of wine because it just doesn't taste right. Tapping does that. What else have we done with in what In what way does the, the addiction thing happen? So like say for me, I try to stay away from sugar and it's good if I'm ordering groceries to home, then we can't be eating so much rubbish because it doesn't exist in the house. Um, <laughs> then there's that thing of not completely cutting something off as well. But then I'll get like a 70% dark chocolate. Hey everyone, I'm excited to jump in here and let you know about my upcoming program for 2022. People say knowledge is power. 
But that's not entirely true. If you do nothing with that knowledge, it's worthless. If you implement it, you become unstoppable. Creating your own business takes work, commitment, dedication to getting tasks done, working through the frustrations when you realize it's more than you thought and you feel like you're always on the verge of quitting. The easy thing to do is give up, but that just perpetuates a cycle because when there is something you can't stop thinking about, something that you really wanna create, you'll never be able to shake it. What we're not taught in school is how our brain actually works. It is so hardwired with our individual beliefs based on our own life experiences that it takes the utmost awareness to know what you need to do differently to achieve your goals. This is the single biggest thing that can be the deciding factor on how well you live your life. When you're starting a new business, there are stages you need to go through. Analysis, planning, testing, strategizing, taking action, in tandem with accountability and support, etc. This is what I help my clients with. In my 10-week program, I'll take you from being stuck and not knowing how to grow to getting clarity and confidence that will get you to the next level. We'll make sure your niche, target market, offer, and strategy is solid by implementing systems and a step-by-step action plan to strengthen your foundation that will allow you to grow faster than you could have imagined. You'll gain clarity and confidence with every step, not ever having to return to where you were ever again. I work with a limited number of clients at any time, and to really help you, it needs to be a mutually beneficial fit. This is for someone serious about their growth, for someone who's tired of just getting by to having a healthy business that actually makes money. If this sounds like something you're interested in, send me an email to hello at leonimilano.com. That's L-E-O-N-I-M-I-L-A-N-O.com with the word apply and we can jump on a call to see if this works. If you can tell me one thing that you got out of this episode, I'll add an exclusive bonus. Now let's get back to the episode. How does that work in terms of like, where are you pressing? What are you doing? If you're thinking, are you holding it in your hand and thinking or you're just thinking about it? Absolutely. So let's just split out. So addictions and cravings are different. So if you're, you're addicted to something and you can't get off it, there's usually a craving for it and an addiction around it. So we'll just talk cravings for this call. Example, you've got some chocolate. So you want to get off chocolate. The, the process would be I would have you have the packet unopened. You're not allowed to open it and hold it in your hand and tell me what the intensity is in your body for that thing. And then I might get you to do two or three rounds of tapping on just that. Yeah, you're feeling it in your body now, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I might, it's like at 100. I'm like, oh, I'd love some right now. <laughs> See, so that intensity we start to take away by doing the tapping and you're talking, you're looking at the chocolate. Okay, we might bring your intensity down a bit. Then I'm going to get you to smell the packet. And again, what's the intensity in the body? couple of rounds of tapping on that while you're looking at the packet. Then I'm going to get you to open it. So each time, again, step by step by step, we want to take the intensity out of how much do you want that. Then through the process, we're going to talk about what's the connection for you. People I've got off chocolate, one was a substantial breakup and her friend bought her a bunch of bars of chocolate. So every time she has a stress, she goes to chocolate. Um, Another one was... Oh, that's interesting. Her brother's so and it's sister, that connection. Was, yeah, it is. You need to find the connection. 
The brothers and sisters, she always had to share. So now that she's a mum on her own, she, she doesn't share. She wants to squirrel it away and eat it all herself. So you start to look at what the connections are and what that means to you. Yeah, getting the power of this, and then I'll have them open the packet, then I'll have them touch it to their tongue. All the time, each time, taking the intensity down, down, what's the connection? Down, down, until you eventually get there and they go, it doesn't even taste the same. And <laughs> does this last? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. With that thing, it lasts. So you've got to be really clear with people. Do you want to never have that ever again or do you think you might want to have it? Do we just need to reduce it? You need to get a little bit clear with people that you don't completely take away their, you know, Friday afternoon chocolate with their best friend. Right. But they now can't eat and they're, they're unwell. That's so... It's a fascinating space. So why aren't more people doing this then? I don't know. I would right? suggest that people don't know. In, in amongst so the cravings conversation when you're doing that with a client, often we'll bump up against resistance and we have to deal with, so what are your thoughts on I'm going to take that away from you and you can never have it again? Oh, yes. That will right. bring up an, yeah, that, that'll bring up an intensity in the body as well. So you've got to manage and, and work through this on many, many levels. And it's yeah. so interesting when you say it's the triggers and it, it is creating that very strong pathway and unless you are aware of that pathway, having that awareness of I don't actually think it's good or what's something else I could do that's more beneficial than carrying on with that same habit. Correct. I've had smokers come in. I had a girlfriend trying to give up cigarettes and her motivation or her reasoning for not was that's the only time she went outside and could say to the kids, oh, mummy's got mummy's out here smoking, so you'll need to go inside. It was her breakaway from the children. So she wasn't going to give up those cigarettes because that was her break. You see, it's, That it's was her excuse, right? So she had yeah. that as an excuse. Correct. So that's where working with a practitioner really brings its power in. We get how to untangle those bits where the people have connected. You could probably do it on your own. It would be more challenging because your brain will go, oh, no, no, I'm a bit, this is all a bit too much and tapping's getting a little, and we're getting a little bit too intense and suddenly you'll check your phone, you need to go make a cup of tea. You know, when you're doing something, you think, oh, this is really hard. Something else becomes very important suddenly. Yes. That's what happens when you're doing that sort of work on your own in tapping. That's not a good thing? Or it is, is it good thing. because you're aware of it and if you can get past that? You know, you I think it's it a bit that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's that getting ready to get ready. And I think we do it a lot and it, it's debilitating, to be honest. Three hours later, you haven't started and you could have finished it. Correct. Well, your brain has one job and one job only. Your unconscious brain has one job and that is keep you alive. It can't differentiate between real fear and, and imagined fear. So something that's very overwhelming does have an element of triggering your fight or flight. So the brain goes, oh, hang on a minute, this is a bit big. Oh, I don't know if we can do this. So it does, it Shut takes it away to do, yeah, and it takes away to something that's easier. And that's what I'm saying with tapping, you'll get so far on your own, but the brain will go, oh, it's a bit scary in here. This is things that we buried away for a reason. Let me go make that cup of tea because that's apparently very important right now. And what happens if you sit with that and you don't go and make that cup of tea? And you, you can work through it. You can work through it. And no, you can you actually can sit there and do it. I think so this can help a lot of people. Been tapping for a while, those of us who've been doing any sort of body work and therapy, we get that that's just the brain going, suddenly I need to do something else. And we do sit in it by choice, but it's this conscious choice because you've got to know that it's even there. You need to have the awareness of what you're doing. We have the choice, but I think 
people also don't realise that they have that choice. I agree. They think that that's their job lot and that's it without Agreed. without even questioning that yeah, people. what if I actually did do this and they get stuck in there. They will justify that stuck place. Most of it is when you think about that stuff, a lot of their identity is wrapped around it. So when we start to challenge people on why they're doing things and their reasoning for it, we are actually challenging a lot of their identity. Like questions like, why did you do that? That is just so confronting to people. Mm. So for what right. purpose did you do that? Because why is confrontational? Like I'm, you, you're, you're questioning me versus for what purpose did you do that is a softer approach for them to go, well, the reason I did that was mm. has very little confrontation to it. It's not like attacking. But, they won't feel attacked. Yeah. And that's why I think as, as humans, our communication style has shifted so much that there's that there isn't that free-flowing communication necessarily as it maybe once was, or maybe you need to be conscious of it. It's really interesting the way that we talk because I think that there is nothing more terrifying than waking up and realizing something that you have believed your entire life isn't actually true that it was a construct in your mind and it came from somebody else, that it was a construct in their mind and it turns out to be something that is not that great or doesn't actually help. People will rather hang on to that because uh, they get comfortable with that uncomfortable feeling. Correct. The familiar is known. For humans, the unfamiliar and the unknown went, went back to we could be eaten, we could be killed, we could be whatever, all of that stuff all comes into that really basic um, reptilian brain of thinking all those old stuff. We need to stay within the box to be safe. And the brain still functions like that. And it's incredibly frustrating for everybody. They're not lazy. They actually do want to get out and do things, but they can't understand why. And this is where the two things that we're not taught in school is how to manage finances unless you come from a family that has a priority around that. You're not going to learn that at school. That and how our brain functions. Correct. And I really believe if people understood more about their own brain and their body, yeah, they would be in a much the, better position. But definitely the body stuff, particularly because you know obviously it's all connected. But yeah, understanding how it all functions and how you actually control it—it's not this thing that just happens around you. You actually can control your own body and what's going on with it by managing your thoughts and being aware and, and getting conscious. You have to get in the driver's seat. It's interesting when people say, well, it's always been like that or, well, this is the way it is. Things evolve and change. The world is continually evolving and changing. It's really interesting to listen to high-performance coaches speaking about how they work with NBA players and they do a lot of visualisation. There's so much psychological work that goes into it. It's all psychology. It's really interesting, isn't it? Yeah, look, I've, I've got great footage of football players using tapping, um, NBA stars, oh. NBA stars. Yeah, they're very big in the States in, in all of that. It's fascinating when you find something on YouTube and, yeah, it's a, the Olympian, Olympic stars. Wow, that's... You find every now and again where they're actually tapping before a race or um, before the, the state of origin. I've got one of the footballers at state of origin here in Australia basketballers, baseballers, all tapping either in the dugout or before they take a shot. 
how does somebody, if somebody is interested to become a practitioner, say they mm-hmm. want to sign up with your school, what kind of experience do they need to have had beforehand? What kind of qualifications does somebody need to get into it? Absolutely none. We will teach them everything they need to know. We have people who turn up who have got nothing other than a wish, a hope and a dream to make changes in the world, right through to people. We've had kinesiologists, we've had doctor, uh, Reiki masters, people who are already in the energy field. So we have that wide and varied sort of scope of people who have got day jobs, who just know that they want to do different, they want to have different, that they want a career in different. And not everyone has a full-time career. We have a number of students who have graduated out and they've kept their day job and they get to do this on the side because they just love both. So they don't have to have anything other than other than that idea that understanding that there's work to be done and the work on them is the priority. And the more work they do on them, the better the practitioner they will be because they'll just be able to go deeper. They won't have the fear in them that whatever the client brings is too big for them. Can they do the work on themselves simultaneously with having clients? It's like a gradual process. They can be in training with it, can't they, and be working with Correct. people? Correct. We, we have a saying that you only need to be one step ahead of, of your client. You yes, literally only have to be one step ahead. That's so such a great... you the work and you keep growing, yeah. And then that's the other thing. People do not have to have their life sorted to go into any of these careers. you just got to be willing to look at and, and be prepared to upgrade yourself as you go that that's really the the main requirement for it I personally went in as a life coach and thought oh this is just going to be great I'm just going to work with all these great people I'm just going to really help them I had no idea the personal growth I would have to go through and the dark shadowy sides of me that I'd have to face I had no idea I literally had no idea I was so naive as to what the work was going to need to be and, and it was. And yeah, the downside was I ended up in a divorce due to it because I just grew emotionally and physically so exponentially compared to my partner that we just that the gap just became too wide. Mm. And it can be it can be scary for partners when they see you have that growth. They are so scared that you will leave them, but then their behavior makes that happen anyway. If you're scared of something, you will probably sabotage it. So it will be inevitable that that's going to happen. And that's exactly what happened with us. The, the wide, the divide just got too big and we just couldn't, we just couldn't bring it back together. So I, I have a, a whole module in my school for my students right at the beginning and I talk about this, talk about their relationships and talk about what will happen and talk about what could happen to give them a big awareness of notice the patterns, notice the trigger points, notice the red flags and come and do something about it. We have, we have a saying in the school, when things get tough, lean in and come in to, to connect with one of us for support, do not lean out. Because as people, we tend to lean away from something that's not feeling great, but we encourage our students lean in. It's like tackling it head on. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going into that avoidance. Yeah, Totally. But we do it with support. We got you. We hear you. Let us help you. But yeah, very much. I, I said I put it into my students up front. This is what's going to happen. It's one of the first modules they get to to watch. Over the years, you will have seen the pattern. Well, prior to starting my school, I had lots of coaching clients that were um, couples. I did lots and lots of couples work before I actually got to the to be to become the school owner. 
So right. I saw all the patterns happening. It wasn't just me. Mm. I could see them with other people as well. There's an upside to that because we really do run with patterns. We operate with patterns. In our own life, we have patterns with what we do. We do the same thing. And again, coming back to what you said earlier is having that awareness because until you have the awareness of what it is that you're doing and to get that awareness, you have to go inwards and examine. And that's where journaling comes in, writing out your thoughts. It's so important because it's directly related to us and our relationships and how we are behaving in our everyday life. Yeah, and journaling's been lumped in with all those hippies and the woo-woos and the, the crystals and the full moon without actually looking at the huge benefits it is, as you said, to get things out of your head onto paper and, and get some clarity around it. Sometimes when you write stuff down, it, it looks then you can recognise how it's ridiculous or you can recognise how it's very impactful. And that's the way that you can pick up your own patterns. The most interesting thing that I discovered was how much I didn't know about myself. You start to examine what you do, how how you're perceived, because it's all completely different to to what you think. And then as you do more of the work, your your perception of yourself upgrades and you, you actually upgrade as a person, your identity needs to come up and match that. And that's why we see, you know, you might see business people, they're doing really great but they don't think they are because their perception of themselves hasn't upgraded along with their success, perhaps. Identity for us humans is huge. And if you're stuck in an old identity, uh, that takes some shifting. Yeah, And I think this is where people get, they just get stuck. There is that invisible resistance because everything that we want to do, we could just go and do it. Isn't that fascinating? It is. We could just go and do it. Yeah, the only thing is the conversation in our own head. As to all the reasons why. Yeah. Why would you do that? You don't do that. Correct. Who or who are you to think you? Do you? That? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then everyone else around you saying, hey, who do you think you are doing that? You're with us. Why would you go and do that? It's really and interesting. Notice again, that's tribe. Yes. This and is it's how scary. we all behave. Yeah. It takes a lot of bravery to step out from our tribe or our community to go, well, I actually would like something a bit different for me or something a bit better and and, you know, crabs in a bucket. Crabs are usually pulling us all back into our own little buckets because that's where we all feel safe because if you go out and start venturing into some great, amazing, wonderful things, I then have to reflect on myself to go, well, if she's doing it, why aren't I? It's less scary not to have to think about that. Yeah. Can you tell me now you sent me, you have a book that you have recently written. Can you it tell me about, about this? It is about it's to exciting. launch. So by the time I was recording this, it's um, launching on the 22nd of February. Uh, now, the, you want me to give you the title? Yeah. So I'll give you the whole <laughs> title. So the first bit is Thank God He's Gone, and that does tend to make some people cringe, but the subtitle is The Smart Woman's Guide to Getting Back Your Personal Power and Reclaiming Your Confidence. So the title is very provocative for a reason. I want women to pick it up and go, oh, what's this? Sadly, our beautiful male counterparts will not read a book like this, but I recognise... <laughs> Definitely not with that title. <laughs> Definitely. But it could have said, thank God, they've gone. But knowing that our male counterparts were never going to read it, I was able to go, thank God, he's gone. And, it's, and it literally is, it is not about men. It is not... It, it, while the story wraps around men, it is my experiences of the triggers that I've had over the years, how I've healed how I've got to see men differently, 
Um, I believe we emasculate our men. We castrate them verbally. Like we do all these things to our men and then we wonder why they're not our warrior and our protector. So the book is really about healing women so that we don't put all our stuff onto men in relationship. We heal us for us. If you want to be a single gal for the rest of your life, that's fantastic. Heal the wounds. If you want to get into a new relationship, great. Heal the old wounds. And that's really what the premise is about. I believe every relationship we be in chips a little bit away at our confidence, takes a little bit of our personal power, takes a little bit of stuff away from us because let's face it, us gals, we try, we try, we do everything we can, we give it our all, and eventually when it falls over, we go, we failed. Mm, Very hard on ourselves. Very, very much so. So that's really what the book is about, being able to heal yourself from all that. Give yourself a break. What's the next steps for you so you can live an amazing life, whether you go back into a relationship or you don't? It's, it's, it's really a personal empowerment thing. It's been my passion project for a while. I've really wanted to write it. And, yeah, it, it's... Um, well, congrats. It's Thank That's you. Exciting. So where will people be able to buy it? Um, on the 22nd of February, it will be available on Amazon. So you will be able to go onto Amazon in whatever country in the world you are in. Uh, you'll know what your Amazon is and you'll be able to download it, a digital copy. You'll also be able to do a printed um, paperback version because uh, they're all doing print on demand now. Isn't that exciting? Mm. So, yeah, wherever wow, in the world fantastic. you can get this book. Yeah, so I'm very excited about that. Well, thank you so much for coming and talking to me. You've given me a much greater understanding around it. And Correct. it just it's sounds... When you understand what it's doing in terms of patterns and behaviours and stuff like that versus I don't want to eat chocolate, I'll just tap on my body. It's not about that. It's the deeper stuff. It's the, the fabulous stuff in there. But it's been a pleasure for me to meet you and to join you on, on your podcast and talk to your listeners. So thank you so much for, uh, for having me on. How can people find you? Go to australiantappinginstitute.com.au. You will be able to find the school. Um, I have some free courses on there as well. Um, if people pop on there, they might want to look for the self-love project. It's a free EFT tapping course that I give away. Pop your details in. That's the that's our primary location. And, of course, on all the social platforms, it's the same, Australian Tapping Institute or the Tapping Institute. We uh, we run both. And we'd love to, to meet, meet people on there. And, of course, come ask me questions, ask me anything else you want to know. That's the easiest place to find me. Fantastic. Thank you again, Lorna. It's been a real pleasure to have you. Thank you. See you later. Bye-bye. You've just finished listening to an episode of Rare Conversations. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love for you to leave a review and share it with a friend who you think would be interested in this topic. And if you have a business question, please send it in to us. We may very well answer it in our next episode. So be sure to tag me on social media at Leone Milano. The show notes and other information can be found on our website at www.leonimilano.com. Thank you again for listening and we look forward to having you back with us again soon.